So I have a couple short Bible readings for today. We'll begin with the uh, 12th chapter of Romans, Paul's letter to Romans, the first two verses. I just ask that you hear these words of our Lord. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. This is the word of God that's still speaking today. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. We're going to talk about how God's love wants to reign over our present. Because really, yesterday's gone. Tomorrow's not here yet. All we really have, all that we can be assured of, is this day. So we're going to look at how God's great love and mercy that came through the cross of Jesus Christ, what it means to our lives living today. You know, God's love, it invites us. It doesn't force us to do anything. It invites us to let his love and mercy reign in our lives. It's, it's called free will. Early in the, the Bible, the very first you know, chapter in Genesis, God gives Adam and Eve the power to make their own choices. And we have that power. Every person has that power to decide on their own. It's free will. And as we live day to day, we actually make thousands of decisions. Some we don't even think about. They're subconscious. We develop habits and we just do things without thinking. Up here, they're taken care of. We develop habits. Some habits are good. They help, help keep us strong, whether it's exercising or whether it's reading God's Word or whatever it is, eating healthy certain times of the day. Other habits aren't so good for us. They impact us negatively. The truth is, though, that we're constantly weighing out our options and making decisions in our lives today. Sometimes we're influenced by decisions that are outside our life. I, I like to use the analogy of, of driving. You know, we have speed limit signs. We have stop signs. Tell us, stop here so you don't get in an accident. Traffic signals, yield signs. These all help inform us how to drive and stay safe. These little voices in our heads. Everybody else is speeding. It's okay if I speed too. Everyone runs through that yellow light. They floor it. They don't stop at a yellow light. That yield sign, that's for them other drivers to yield to me. They got to be careful. I'm here first. I can use my phone while I'm driving. Everyone does it. However, you know, these decisions, all these decisions we make, good or bad, we have the opportunity to let God's love help influence our choices and the decisions we make. Here in, in this letter to Romans, in chapter 12, Paul starts it off, he's calling us to be living sacrifices that no longer conform to what the world does, what the world wants us to be. And the reason we don't want to do that is the world around us can be and is deceptive. It can be selfish. It's angry. It's foolish. 
And these should not be the patterns followers of Jesus allow to influence their choices. Rather, we have to renew, we have to have a new way of thinking. And in doing so, it says we can discover and know God's will for our lives. And the truth is, that's not very easy. It was very simple to do. We would all be doing it without hesitation. We'd all be living God-filled and God-willed lives. And the truth is, being a living sacrifice is hard. Because a living sacrifice is always tempted to crawl down off the altar. You know, the things we choose to do or not to do can influence and show who we're listening to, which voice the old you know, devil and the angel on the shoulders, which one are we listening to in our lives? And again, our lives really are a confluence of the decisions that we've made in the past and the decisions we make today. You know, we can look at our past and look at the, the wise and the unwise decisions we made. I know we, we can look back, I know I can, I can't speak for you, but I can look back and say, I wish I would not have done that. But again, last week we talked about the past is gone. God forgives us. We're new because of the love of Jesus. So we look back. Those decisions that we made in our past, whether it was yesterday, last year, or ten years ago, were they influenced by our own will, or were they influenced by God's will? And Paul has a lot to say because he's writing these letters to these different churches, these new Christians, this first generation that came after Jesus ascended back up to heaven. He's saying, hey, we want to be under the influence of God, not under the influence of the world. That's our old ways. We want to have new things, new ways. And he's focusing in because the love of God that highlights through the cross, it should influence us. It should make a difference. We should be different than the world. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's great mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. And he's saying kind of that we want to look through things with, it's like you have a pair of glasses, and we want to look through those glasses, put on the view that God's mercy and love these are, this is God's first mercy and love in my life, and I'm going to look through things in my life through that lens in order to fully grasp and understand this new way of living. Paul's saying we have to see what happens to us, the choices we make in a certain way. We need to bring things into a certain point of view. And at home, I've always... Since we moved to Delaware, I've had binoculars, now I have a monocular, and like, we're surrounded by fields now. Used to be out in the bay, but now I have fields, and Daphne's like, what's that over there? I can't quite make it out. And I'll pull it in, and I'll say, oh, yeah, it's an eagle. Oh, it's a hawk. Oh, it's a turkey. When I focus in, and it becomes clear. That's what Paul's goal in these verses are. He wants to change the way we see things through the focusing in through God's love and mercy. Reorientate, reorientate our view, if you would say, how we see things. That's why he's saying, in view of God's mercy. 
because of God's mercy, because of what he's done for you and for me. Let's look through our lives through that lens. And if we just do that one thing, that can impact how we live our lives today. How many of us walk around grumbling, complaining over what happens in our lives? Oftentimes things that we can't control. Sometimes we're not satisfied with where we're at, what's happened to us. So we, we try and do things on our own. We, we want to be in control. I can take care of myself. I know what to do best. And then we do things to please ourselves so we feel better. God invites us to see things differently through the lens of God's mercy and love. God's been so merciful to me and to you. He loves us so much. And he's offered us a fresh start. That that fresh start that comes through repentance because of his love and his mercy. He loves us unconditionally because of his mercy, because of God's mercy. And we think about that, that alone can help change our present way of thinking. Help us move our focus from ourselves, what we want, what we want to do into what God wants from us. What God wants for us. When we look at our lives through that lens, then we get compelled to start looking at things differently and doing things differently. And the concept that he's using here is sacrifice, because in that culture, the Hebrew culture in the Old Testament, I'm sure many of you are familiar, they had sacrifice of animals. If you did X, Y, or Z, then you had to sacrifice X to bring a, a, a sacrifice. Every year, once a year, you had to bring some sacrifice to the temple, because the person offering that sacrifice, their sins would be forgiven. What you did wrong was taken care of by the blood of that animal. The death of that animal offered life to the person offering the sacrifice. And that's why the death of Jesus on the cross, we consider it the ultimate sacrifice. All humanity, all the sins of the world are forgiven through the cross of Jesus. That's why Paul is using this imagery of sacrifice. And he's calling us to be a living sacrifice. And in Psalm 51, verses 16 and 17, it helps inform what I'm trying to say a little bit better. The writer of this psalm says, You do not delight in sacrifice or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, A broken and contrite heart, you, God, will not despise. Saying the real reason for this sacrificial system we have is about the heart behind the sacrifice. And that's what the the, the religious leaders, the Jewish people, didn't figure out. They thought, oh, I gotta bring this dove, these two doves, or this lamb up. As soon as I do that, I'm fine. It's the heart. That's what God wants us to change. God's calling us to be living sacrifices, which is way more difficult than being a dead sacrifice. The animal didn't have a choice. They're put up on the altar as a burnt offering. They're not getting down. We can choose at any time. "Eh, I'm not so sure I want to do this, God. I think I'm going to let it go for a little. But Paul says in view, when we start feeling like that, 
Remember what God's done for you in view of God's great mercy and love. And he continues in the second verse. He says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. The world around us has patterns that lead to a broken life, that lead to brokenness. It has patterns marked by guilt and greed, selfishness, pride and envy, gossip. And these patterns are easy to fall into if we keep, oh, I'm not going to do that bad, I'm just going to do this one little thing, but it becomes a habit. It can be difficult to transform. But that's why they're called patterns, because they become a routine. And guess what? God's given us brains. We can recognize patterns. And I know way in the back you might not be able to see this, but what's that there? Triangle. Triangle. Heart. 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 Very good. So what's next? We can recognize patterns. We're, We're smart. We can figure out these patterns. Now, what if we noticed a pattern in our lives that leads to something that maybe we don't feel comfortable with? If we pay attention to our patterns, we can begin to anticipate what comes next. Well, usually when I do this, I end up feeling this way. What if I don't do that today? We can try to change them and to identify patterns and help break those we want to break. We need to change our view. Maybe that's why Paul says, in view of God's mercy, do not conform to the pattern of this world. In view of God's mercy, be transformed. And when we understand what we can understand about God's love and mercy for us, we can find reason that we want to transform our lives and renew these minds we have. Some people, they develop a pattern of just talking down to themselves, especially when something happens that's out of their control. Here it goes again. That can lead to feeling depressed and anxious about things that really we have no control over. Break the pattern. Don't conform to it any longer. Maybe you started noticing a pattern of just telling little white lies to people around you. It always leads to more lies, and before long we're leading a deceptive lifestyle. Do not conform to it any longer. Maybe you've seen a pattern of laziness in your life. Especially with the pandemic we were in, it's like, oh, I don't want to do anything. I just want to stay here and be safe. We can start feeling apathetic. It can be towards our work, towards our family, towards serving others, even to our faith. In view of God's mercy, do not conform. Break the pattern. The ultimate outcome of of a sacrificial life sacrificial life and a renewed mind is the ability to distinguish the will of God. Then 
You'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good and pleasing and perfect will. How many times in our life we're going, I'm not sure what God wants me to do. We can trust that God will lead us. When we look at it in view of God's mercy, I'm not sure what's going to happen, but I know God loves me and he wants the best for me. I can trust in that. And those who have had children, grandchildren, we know children. Sometimes there's conflicts when you're raising children. One of the most difficult things to teach children is how much mom and dad really love them, even when they have to correct them, even when they ground them or punish them for something. It's not because we don't like them, it's because we do love them. We want the children to not have patterns that are destructive. When we say no to something, it's because we love them. Yet trust is hard. It's hard. It's hard to teach and it's an even harder thing to learn. But if we're going to live the life that God wants us to, we have to just trust in his love for us. And let that love reign over us in our present situations. The book of Proverbs speaks of that in the fifth chapter. Actually, it's the third chapter, the fifth and sixth verse. This is, I'm sure it'll be familiar to many. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. When we trust in God and try and break the patterns that we know are negative, he said, God's word says he's going to make our path straight. Might not be the pathway we're looking for, but God is going to lay the path that his will for us is. He's going to lay it down in front of us. As I finish today's message, I just want us to reflect. If we all can reflect on, especially as we move into the time of prayer and confession and holy communion, think of any old pattern or habit that you have in your life that you've noticed. Again, patterns are easy to notice. And offer it up to God. I invite you to offer it to God so that we can receive a better view, better patterns in our life. As we trust God's love leading us forward each and every day. When we do this, God's love can reign over and in our lives. In our present situation, whatever it is. Amen.